Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We are in the house of the Lord. Oh, blessed be his holy and beloved name. I'm so grateful to be here. And truly, truly, it, we are grateful. We drove um, from Charleston to Gassaway, and uh, Jesus helped us to make it, didn't he? He did. So we're blessed to be here. And we are more than blessed to see each and every one of you. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing to see people that have a light on their face and a love in their heart for our Lord Jesus. It's such a wonderful thing. Well, I have a little uh, tissue up here because I don't know if I'm going to need it or not. This is an interesting story. And I shared it at dinner last night um, with our pastor and then the other pastor who's going to be speaking to you guys today. Uh, but I thought I would share it. While I was at the store on Saturday, I went in, was shopping, doing my regular stuff, doing my thing. And you know, you just happen to hear people talking. Maybe they're a little bit further on down the aisle than you and so forth or whatever, maybe the next hour over, but you, you know, so sounded like they were having a good conversation to me, and, um, you know, I wasn't listening in on conversation, I don't do that, I was wanting to find out, you know, where the this and the that was, and so that was my point in being at the store anyway, but then as I walked a few aisles over, I heard the voice change in the man. You know what he said to his wife, partner, whoever she was to him? I believe it was his wife, or chances are was. He said to her, shut up, woman. Let me repeat that. Shut up, woman. That went all through me. It went all through me. I'm telling you. Uh, it was like taking a punch in the stomach. I didn't know this couple from Adam, but I thought I'm going to pray for that woman for sure. Let me tell you what a woman is. A woman of worth. This is what Jesus says a woman of worth is. An excellent woman one who is spiritual, capable, intelligent, and virtuous. Who is he who can find her? Her value is more precious than jewels, and her worth is far above rubies and pearls. Rubies and pearls are gems, and they don't come cheap, do they? The heart of her husband trusts in her with secure confidence, and he will have no lack of gain. Now, I could very well say, amen, and we can leave this building, because I feel like I put out there what I need to put out there, but I'm not the pastor here of this church. I'm not even the leader. We've got a gentleman here getting ready to lead us. We've got other leaders in our church. But I'll tell you what, 
If that kind of conversation sums up your relationship with your partner, you need to rethink your relationship because Jesus has better things for you. There needs to be prayer involved in that relationship. You need to get on your knees and pray and know that you know that you know what God wants you to do in your heart. Now, I do believe in Jesus turning things around. I really do. He cer certainly turned things around for me in my life. But know that you have worth, woman. You have worth. And I don't know who I'm talking to today. I just know that we got here today somehow, some way on the slick road. And someone out there needs to hear this. And I hope you're paying attention. You are worth it. And no one's going to tell you any different. Hallelujah. And blessed be his holy and beloved and gracious name. This man over here that I'm married to has never once made me feel like I wasn't worth it. Ever. And there's a lot of men in here that are married to beautiful ladies. That's all I've got to say about it. Get you a good man that loves Jesus and means it and knows your worth. In Jesus' name, amen. Wonderful, honey. Yeah, I was just thinking uh, the way my mom raised me, I've never once uh, ever came close to even raising my hand to my wife. What I'm trying to work on is appreciate her more. And sometimes I'll do it more than once. Whether it's, It may be a small thing, but it's something that I think matters. In fact, I believe the Lord showed me when we got married there were two things, two assignments I had with my wife. I didn't know I was going to say this, but this is coming out of what she said. And I would ask her from time to time, I said, honey, do you feel loved? She said, yes. I said, do you feel safe? She said, yes. And that, I said, well, then I've done what I'm supposed to do. So um, I try to appreciate her more and more. My wife and I have a topic that we're working on. It's called uh, From Waiting to Dating, From Dating to Waiting. And it's, it's not just for people that are getting married. It's for all of us. You will never stop dating your spouse. You will never stop dating your spouse. And you're newlyweds for life. And so our lesson, we want to share some time together. Hopefully we'll minister to all of us. This is for single people, married people, in all situations. But um, um, I'm very grateful. In fact, when we were having dinner with uh, Donnie, right? Donnie's uh, going to be speaking today, and I was so impressed with him. We, we were privileged to be with him and have dinner with him last night with John, and uh, he shared some wonderful stuff, I mean, really good stuff, and, and one of it had to do with the 
how the devil in John 10, 10 wants to steal, steal, kill, and destroy. I don't know if you're going to share any of that or not. Don't want to spill your thunder. But uh, it was wonderful. <clears throat> the, the essence of it was, and he talked about the Vietnam War and how the Vietnamese, they, their goal was not to kill the Americans, but to wound them. Why? Because if he killed them, they were out. The warm was dead. But if they wounded them, two others had to carry them, and so they were out of action. So the devil's not out to, to kill, steal, and destroy you physically. If he can destroy you spiritually, he'll let you live. Right? Render ineffective. Thank you, God. And that was for the word. What word was that for? <clears throat> Just the verse in itself about John 10.10? 10, 10? <clears throat> to be rendered ineffective. <laughs> That's pretty powerful, Donnie. I, I, I really appreciate that. That was so wonderful that he shared that with us. Well, good morning, everybody. Donnie is uh, part of the new Gasway Church taking place uh, uh, maybe in March. Uh, starting in March in Winston, Winston Salem, uh, going to be down there, and he's come to, to be with us today. We're excited to have been waiting for him to come, and so I hope you stick around for the service to hear that as well. Those online and live with us. I'm John Sandy, my wife Cynthia. This is the Pulse Gasaway, and we have the Pulse in Winfield and soon in Winston Salem. So we're glad to have y'all with us. We are on part five on truth or consequences. Truth or consequences, it really does break down the whole concept of walking with God. You will choose life or death. You will choose truth or the consequences of the aftermath of, of, of sin. Sin has nothing to offer you. I did mention, though, that today I wanted to get into the blessings of God and Satan. What are the blessings of God and Satan for you to choose from? So we've been talking about that for a couple Sundays, and we are now continuing on with other benefits of doing God's will, other benefits of walking with God, over other benefits of choosing truth or the consequences. God is truth. We have fragments of truth. We get facts. But all true facts will lead you to truth. God has the whole truth, all of it, all the facts. He has them all because he's the creator of all things. He's the ruler of all things, and he is our, our God. He is our Savior. <clears throat> so I want to pick up where we left off. We're going to pick up on 2 Corinthians 9, verses 7 and 8. This is number 7 on benefits of God. Now, for those listening, watching online, you'll see them projected up there for you, and I'm going to use the NLT. Found out this morning that we don't have that translation, so the wording will be a little different, but the concept will be the same. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. I love that. So in other words, when he says if you have two, co two coats, share one of them, he's already telling you, you you can have more than you need. It's all right to have more than you need. It's all right to have millions of dollars. It's all right to be rich. Solomon to this day is considered the wealthiest man ever to live, even by today's standards. 
Now, he went down a wrong road, as you read about him, on the way to the end of his life, and he called life always vanity. But God isn't concerned with what you have. He's concerned with what you have left over when you serve him, when you do his will, and you help others. So if you have two coats, give one away, it says. So you're allowed to have more than you need. Otherwise, how do we bless other people if we don't? Because, face it, we have bills. We have children in school. We have clothing. We have food that's going up. We have all these things, and God knows that. As I said before, I believe, I'm convinced that God is able to walk and chew gum at the same time. I believe he is able to get us where he wants us in the midst of our day. If I, I'm a runner, if I can go out and run and stop three different times to minister to people, one in a wheelchair that I took him a half a mile, if I can do that while running, certainly in the course of our day, God can use us to minister to somebody. As I mentioned, every situation is an opportunity. If you will keep your eyes open and your heart open to listen to God's voice, He will use you in ways that you may not expect. Can I share your story? I tried to get her to share it. My sister Connie had a one. God deals with her in ways that I'm not able to comprehend yet. I'm not there yet. But God works with her and speaks with her in ways that are just amazing because of the gifts within her. She was at Walmart one day shopping. It was probably for was a Thanksgiving or something like that, getting ready for it. And her responsibility was to get some pies and stuff. Well, she found that she got one more pie than she needed. Will you help me anytime I missed it here, Connie? Am, am I already missing it? Am I already missing it? Huh? Well, I thought I, I thought I remembered it, but I guess not very well. You don't have to stand up if you don't want to. It's up to you, but. Connie can tell it better. Well, I went into Walmart to, to shop and get these pies, and I knew I'd gotten more than we would eat. And all of a sudden, I heard that sweet voice that Jesus, when he speaks to us, says, buy an extra pie. And I was taken back, so I asked Jesus. I said, Lord, is this from you? I don't understand. We're not going to eat what I've got in my cart. And very gently, he said again, buy an extra pie. So I picked one out and put it in my cart. Well, the fellow that runs the Salvation Army kettle out front, and it was very busy, and a lot of people were talking when I was leaving the store. And many of you know I have Meniere's, so I'm almost totally deaf. So I don't hear you or know when you're behind me especially. Well, I was several feet from these people when I was leaving the store, and all of a sudden I heard as if someone was standing right beside me say, Hey, lady, you have an extra pie? And I turned around, and I, I knew instinctively who it was coming from. It was the guy manning the kettle. And I said, what did you say? And he said, oh, lady, I was just teasing. And I said, no, what did you say? And he said, he said do you have an extra pie? <laughs> the very same words that the Holy Spirit had spoken to my heart. And I smiled, and I handed him the pie. I said, you know, Jesus knew you wanted a pie, and he had me pick out this pie for you, and I said, I give this to you in the name of Jesus, and he was so receptive, and 
of course, I was more blessed than he was because sure. if Jesus cares enough about this man, man managing the cattle, <laughs> that he loved him enough to tell, tell somebody, give this man this pie. He's wanting a piece of pie. <coughs> and, uh, but that's how good our God is. He, and this, he wants to use us like this. He wants us to walk like this. And like Pastor Wright says, that the walk with God is full of romance thrills and adventure yes. and this is what makes it so exciting to be a Christian not just going to church on Sunday but hearing his voice and doing what he says and it's what makes life exciting and that he would speak to someone just a regular person like me to love on somebody I find that so awesome yes it's just awesome it's one of the best stories I, I mean it's just a just a wonderful story and that's how God works with her and uh, the beautiful thing about God, he does a thousand and one and one and a thousand. So often when God does something like this, it's to minister to both. It's not just you're giving and they're receiving and they're blessed. No, he'll do, like I told a story last week about the, the, the homeless man, the drive-thru at McDonald's. God does it for them, but he also is showing the giver. Now listen to what I'm going to say. He all, he's also showing the giver, I was in that. Watch me work. Oh, uh, uh, you know what? You, can't, you cannot be being used of God because all of us ask this question, Lord, am I, am I in your will? Am I where you want me to be? Am I fulfilling what you call me to do? And here's what I said a week or so ago. Anytime that you know that God used you and you knew he was in it, at that very moment, you are right in the center of his will. At that very moment, you are right in the center of his will because it is such an awesome thing that the God of the universe is so interested in the details of our lives and those around us that God used the pie to witness. His, I don't think personally it was to fill his stomach, number one. I think it was to tell him something he needed to hear and tell her something she needed to hear. We don't know, she said, we don't know what he may have had on his heart, but for him to ask her that specific question, I've never had that happen. Usually you've brought money in, they say, thank you, God bless you, that's about it. I've never, heard, never had a person from Salvation Army ask me if I had an extra pie. <laughs> never happened. Now, I may have someone ask me if I had an extra chicken, and I better be ready, but not that. So God, God is, is, is a marvel and he is so involved in our lives and wants to be. See, here's the key to what she's saying and what I've shared. God wants to be intricately involved in your life. Church is where you come to shout about what God did during the week. Not to come to receive all the time. We're giving and receiving all the time. But God wants you to come to church. You know, the best thing about a, if you're going to have a prayer call like we do or prayer time together, it is vital that you open up with prayer uh, praises of, of prayer reports, praise reports where God has answered prayer before you pray for the need, because that builds up the faith of the people. If you go to a church where people are getting healed all around you, you're going to start thinking, maybe I can have it too. Maybe this is for me too, because God is not a respecter of persons. Oh. 
There are people waiting, she said, and absolutely... And, and if you, you'll listen, and I told that story, you, you may remember that we tell the story of where I was running, and I was good doing my cool down, walking home, and I saw a man working in the yard, and I, I took my earbud out because I wanted to be available, just in case. So I walked past him, we didn't know each other, and we both went like this to each other, and when I got right beside him, he looked at me and said, my hip really hurts. So I stopped and prayed for him and talked to him. But if I had my beer butt in, he probably would have saw the ear butt and not bothered me. I've had people stop me over and over again while I'm running with my earbuds in. Stop me. The other day, I mentioned this, lady stopped me while I was running past her. And I stopped and I pulled me I said, ma'am, I'm sorry, were you talking to me? She said, she said, do your knees hurt when you do that? I said, well, ma'am, I said, I'm a Christian and I believe the word of God. And anytime I have pain, I rebuke it until it goes. And I've been doing it for years. She thought that was interesting. It was not the answer she expected, but it was the answer she needed. Because everything we do should lead people to Christ in one form or another. In some small way or big way, everything we do. And folks, the deeper you go, the more you change, the more that people can see God on the outside. Some people have to dig pretty deep to find out we're even Christians and shocked when they find out. But when you walk close to God and you do it enough, people, we were in a Cracker Barrel and this lady, we were passing her and she was trying to get around me and I said, I'm so sorry, man, didn't mean to get in your way. She said, are you a minister? I said, yes. She said, would you pray for my husband? He has cancer. Right in the middle of Cracker Barrel in the clothing section of the store, you know, where you can shop out in the shop, I believe God will move my dinner date or hers for that amen. That's the kind of God we serve. And if you will be available, he is available. He's always available. He's, God isn't holding anything back from you. Every promise is yes and amen, it's done. Everything. Everything in the Bible that's a promise has already been paid for in full and is yours into heaven. It is eternal, everything God does. So, in reading that one blessing, it's, it's good to remember here it says, for God loves people who give uh, cheerfully. I, we've all been had bad days where we do God's will, but we may not have the biggest smile on our face. I know that. But God loves it when we are cheerful, and it doesn't say anything about feeling. Cheerfulness does not have to be a feeling. It's a faith. If we do it by faith, and then you will always have everything you need and plenty left to give, give away. That's awesome. Number eight, Ephesians 3, 1 and uh, Ephesians 1, verses 3 and 4, also from the NLT. You may get a different translation up there. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Now, we could run through this and miss things. It says every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. We are one with him. As soon as you're saved, you win. As soon as you're saved, you're on your way to heaven. 
Now, what you do to store up your treasures in heaven are totally up to you and your availability to Christ. But everything is under the name of his son, Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1, 3, and 4. So, all praise to God. The Bible says, enter his gates of thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Why does it do that? Because you cannot praise him until you're thankful. Because whether you know it or not, praise comes out of a thankful heart. You cannot praise him without first being grateful and thankful. And when you are, praise just comes out. It just comes out. That's why he said, enter his gates of thanksgiving, and then you go to his courts with praise. What's the next step? Your petitions. One-on-one -on -one with God because the veil's been ripped. See, that veil was approximately 60 feet high, and it was all one single cloth. They said that not even a team of horses could rip it. But it was torn from top to bottom. Meaning, I don't care what your circumstances is, the way is open for everybody. You and I, when we go to pray, we go one-on-one -on -one with our holy God. Think about that. I have a little saying. Jesus, to this day in heaven, still doesn't do his own will. How are you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing with your own will? Is it submitted yet? Are you on the way? At least on the way? Are you growing? Are you coming to church more excited than the past because of what God did for you? I don't know about you, but when I have a God encounter with somebody, I can't wait to share it. When you get to church, you should be ready, locked and loaded to share. When they get into the praise and worship, whatever part of the service they do it, you should have no problems. See, I have no problem. See, I have a little pet peeve I'm going to share with you real quick. When people say, let's praise the Lord, people do this. That's not, that's all right. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. But there's no humility in this. This is. That's the difference. And we do this way too much. In fact, if we're not careful, this will replace going on your knees as well. See, you can, you're to humble yourself. God will break you. But you will do the humbling. So it's exciting to know that we serve a God that is worthy of all praise and how faithful he is. Folks, if you wonder about anything, I was talking to someone just the other night. They were concerned about their calling, and I understand that. I said, well, let me tell you, let me give you a little suggestion. You keep getting closer to him and closer to him and closer to him. You leave the rest to him because as you get closer to him, he's going to take care of everything. He will take care of everything. And I said, if you, and you need to get under someone that's closer to God than you are, and in this case it was L.A., I said, you get under that man. And I said, I said he's already, he, you told me that he's already said if, if you feel ready, he'll give him a place to preach because he's looking for his calling. He said, but I don't know. I said, look. You're safe. I love what someone said once. I'd rather you fail trying to do God's will than to not do his will. I believe God is thrilled when we try. I said, don't worry about this. God can handle it. 
You, you, you pray for God to give you a message. If he gives you one, you get it ready. You go to L.A. and say, L.A., I'm ready. Now, you may find out in the process, well, that wasn't quite for me. I think maybe evangelism or something else. But you didn't hurt anything. It's all right. God knows our feet are made of clay. And he'll make a way where there seems to be no way at all. If you will simply put him first, trust him, follow him, do his will and not your own, God will get you to everything you're called to be. You won't miss a thing if you put your attention on finding God's will for your life as far as obeying him. Concentrate. People, I say people are praying about things we don't need to pray about. You don't have to pray about helping someone in need. Well, I don't get a leading there. Honey, open the Bible. There's plenty already to do. He's given us plenty to do already. Number eight, Ephesians 1, 3, and 4. We, we uh, read, um, okay. Uh, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, again, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Now keep that in mind. That's every spiritual blessing. Number 9, John 1, verse 16. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. Let me read that again. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. Folks, I'm telling you what, you have a choice to see in that cup half full or half empty. You have a choice on your attitude. And I tell you what, I'll tell you right now, I have had days where I don't feel anything, I don't see anything, and I don't think things are going so hot that day. But I'm trying to discipline myself, my wife will tell you, discipline myself to go immediately into praise and worship, immediately, and pull out sermons and, and messages that feed that situation. And before you know it, I've encouraged myself, like Paul did. You, you can encourage yourself. You don't have to be defeated. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to be lonely. God knows those are some natural things that cross our path, but if we will give them to him, I mean really give it to him and start praising him. It's like I said about hating people. You cannot hate someone that you pray for. You have someone doesn't like you, they've done you wrong. I have another little saying. We do not forgive people because we're right. We forgive them because something is wrong. And we need to fix it. It's not, you know what? Forgiving others has nothing to do with whether you're right or wrong. Has nothing to do with it at all. It's called a condition of the heart, an attitude of the heart. And God is trying to get each one of us to a place where we are so pliable and so humbled before our living God that it's kind of hard to offend us. It is the bait of Satan. It's from his that reading the yeah, it's John Devere. Boy, what is a writer? What a writer. <clears throat> it's the bait of Satan. Another little saying I have is doubt opens the door to fear. Unbelief gives it a place to live. You have the choice of guarding your mind and guarding your heart or not. There is not one single thing that we go through that we cannot stop with the help of God. 
Not one thing. We're not going to go to heaven and say, well, they made me. Or they treated me this way. I'm sure you understand God. That's why I hate them. God's wanting to help you. When people treat you wrong, God wants you to forgive them so that you can be whole. I know people that carry around for 30 years something that happened to them, and when they tell you about it, you would have thought it just happened. They've carried it for 30 years. What about the person they offended? They're fine. They're fine. They're living their life. They're down in Bermuda. They're having a great day. And you're in Red House. Sorry. Anybody from Red House? Sorry. <clears throat> Proverbs, number 10, Proverbs 16, 7. When people live, let me say, when people's lives please the Lord, even their enemies are at peace with them. Boy, did we just walk into that one. Do you realize that if you act like, if you act enough like Jesus, one or two things are going to happen every time. They're either going to be drawn to you or not. And you can't help it. Joyce Myers said, 10% of the people in this world aren't going to like you, and you can't do a thing about it. You can't. There are people that aren't going to like you. There's something about you I just don't like. I can't put my finger on it. Boy, you tick me off. I don't know why. There are people like that. Do you not know that people like that are easily offended? There are people out there that are waiting. Are you ready? They're waiting for offense. They are looking for it. They feed on it. Now, they may go to church. They may even teach Sunday school. They may even lead a Bible study. Dead men's bones. God is wanting to bring us back to life. We're born in sin. Jesus came to die for us and shed his stripes for our healing to cover everything. John said, beloved, John the beloved said, above all else, I wish that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. We talked about this. What's, what's the bad side of needing a miracle? You have to have a crisis. I'd rather be just healthy. You know, eat my peanut butter and go to bed. I just like to be healthy. I think we all would. I, I'm thankful for miracles, but isn't it wonderful to not need one? How about standing on God's Word when nothing makes sense? See, this is, and I've talked about this, this is an area that most, most Christians, I hate to say, probably a lot of them, never get past, and that is getting past the carnal nature. We judge everything based upon our five senses. We cannot get past our five senses to believe God. How do I know that? I've been there. I, 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 I battle with that. When I have days, without being specific, when I have days that the tax seems to be stronger than error, and there seems to be no hope in sight. Now, those are my five senses talking, okay? God says, by my stripes you're healed. God said, I'll make a way of escape. I had the best for those that leave the choice to me. I sought the Lord and he heard me. He delivered me from all my fears. Psalm 21, verse 2. He has the best for those that leave the choice to him. God has, as I've mentioned, the Word of God tells us that before you were ever formed in your mother's womb, I wrote your life in a book. You're that special. Every single one of you cannot be replaced. Everyone. God cares so much about you, 
He loves you so much that he is just waiting for us to let go, trust him with all the things screaming at us. I tell you what, you go through a week of a hard time and you refuse to give in to that and you praise him every single day, I will tell you, you have grown. You have, you have passed up probably two-thirds of church-going people when you do that. When you, when you get to the place where I don't care, and I'll tell the devil this. When I have pain in my body or something, I, I, I'll tell my, I'll stamp, I'll stamp my foot. I was, out, <laughs> I was out running one day, and I was just praying in my prayer language, and I happened to run right past someone. I don't know if they thought I was from another country or what. I don't know. What, I don't know what people think of me because I'll run. I'll just stomp my foot. I says, I, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I curse you. Arthritis, you have no right in my body. And, and every, time some, every time I get a little something, I speak to it. I tell it to get out. I don't, enter, I don't entertain it. I don't chew on it. I don't look it up on med-ed. There's people that know more about their illnesses than their doctors. And they build up all this fear. Instead of going to God that says, I've already healed you. See, faith doesn't move God. Faith moves mountains. You don't move God with your tears. You don't move God by begging. He's saying to you, he's looking at his son, he's saying, did you not tell them that, that I healed them? Because they're asking God, would you heal me? When you ask God a question, that means there may be more than one answer, and your faith is diluted. You don't go to God and say, God, would you please heal them? He's already told you, you are healed. We just need to stand on it. You know why he says when you've done all you know to do to stand, stand? He says it twice. Because once you decide to stand, he says to you, will you not move? Stand, like I said. How many times have your parents said the same thing to you twice because I was sure you didn't hear it the first time? Well, he's our dad. He's our daddy, Abba. So from his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. Proverbs, when, when people's lives please the Lord, even their enemies will have peace with them. <clears throat> have you ever had that experience? Have you ever been in a room where you've heard about a person that's just hard to get along with, oh, they're always complaining and stuff, and you used to start being kind to them? The Lord showed me a long time ago that if I can't reach someone, find someone they love and reach them. Watch what happens. You find, you find a, <clears throat> a mother who has a troubled child and you can't reach her. She's bitter and angry at God and you start loving her son or daughter. Watch. Because you've now reached her through what's her heart's desire. It's a wonderful thing. 11, Philippians 4, 7. Sorry guys, most of these are NLT, aren't they? Sorry about that. I told them, they said, they don't have NLT. They'll put up another translations. I said, well, I hope they think I can read then because mine's going to be a little worded, a little different. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Notice how many times in these blessings I'm sharing with you, it ends with in Christ Jesus. Folks, he is the anchor. He is the, he's that cornerstone. He's the one that holds the other stones together. 
Jesus never did his own will. He had his own will. If he didn't, what would he have proved to us? He had his own will, and he denied his own will. It says it right there. Not my will, but thine be done. And so we know that Jesus only did the will of the Father. And so he emulates his Father. We are to do the same. People should know us as Christians as we go deeper by simple things, just our voice tone, our gestures, just our kindness, kindness in our voice, sometimes even the way we walk. I'm here walking through a mall, and I was in a hurry to get from one end to the other because of a bus, I think, and I'll never forget it. I was running past an elderly person, and I heard this, slow down, show respect. I did. To this day, to this day, I do that. Those are signs of a believer. See, when you hear from God, people are going to hear him through you. And it could be good or bad. We've had experiences. You've heard people say the worst day to work is in a restaurant as a waitress is on Sundays. Folks, we ought to be ashamed of ourselves. We, we got to get, if we do not get past the five senses, the carnality, carne, which carnality means carne, like chili con carne, chili with meat, it's living by the flesh. If we do not get past those five senses to obey God, we will not grow. Sooner or later, you're going to come to a place where you're going to say, am I going to believe God or am I going to believe my senses? Am I going to believe God or am I going to believe the pain? Because even when he heals, sometimes the pain comes back to test you. And I've heard story after story the same thing. It will come back on him two or three times and it finally gives up. When the devil knows you mean what you said. See, that's the problem. We got the right words to say to the crowds in the world, but they don't know that, they don't believe that we mean it. We say one thing and turn around around and gossip. We say one thing about our church, and we turn right around and uh, hurt someone that works with us. God is wanting to get each one of us to a place where our five senses, so your five senses should be a blessing from obeying God. Never do, we talked about this last night, never follow a leading based upon emotions alone. Never. Never. There are, there are ways to confirm God's leadings. One is your personal the knowledge of the Word of God. It lines up with the Word. How, I, I've heard this. People said they, make, they said they won't let the Bible get in the way of what they believe. They're not going to do it. They will violate the Word of God in and out. And you know what we'll do? Because we're no more trained than they are, we'll follow them. Yeah, it's like me saying, turn to Hezekiah. People look at you and say, well, there's no Hezekiah. Sounds like a good book. If you're going to name one, book of Hezekiah sounds good to me, but it's not a book. And you can't come to God at the last minute with an illness and say, Lord, I believe somewhere in the Bible, older than Ted, doesn't it say something about stripes you're healed? That's not going to get it done. You've got to walk this thing out. And the more you walk it out, the more your faith is going to grow. Do you know why? Because no longer are you pulled down by the weight of this world and the things that throw themselves at you and your five senses. When you get to the place where you can do God's will no matter what your body says, 
you arrived in a great place. Amen. So Philippians uh, 4.7, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Lean not to your own understanding. I just don't understand. That's all right. Do you know it's all right to obey God when you don't know why he's doing it? Here's what one man said before I close. He said, when you get to heaven, this is what you're going to say a lot. Oh, you were right. Oh, you were good. He said, you're going to say that a lot. Do it now. He said, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is there sickness in heaven? Is there poverty in heaven? Is, is there uh, uh, cheating, lying? You go through it. No. But his will, he wants me done on earth. He wants you well so you can do his work. He doesn't want you poor so you can help others. We, if there's one thing that should excite us about increasing our finances is that we can help more people. My wife and I use coupons all the time, and it can give us more money to help other people. So the test is going to come. Once you decide you want to do God's will, once you decide that, Lord, I want to do this, first of all, don't be too hard on yourself. God understands. He's working with you. When a baby falls, when it learns to walk, what does it usually do? It usually either falls forward or sits down. I've never seen a baby learn to walk that fell backwards. God understands that we're new at this thing and that we're growing and some things we haven't been exposed to. But we have the responsibility, did you get the word? We have the responsibility to get in the word. Don't let it overwhelm you. Start with a verse a day. Start with three verses a day. Start with something. Just start with something. Don't look back over three years and say, I wish I had. Folks, there are certain things that aren't going to happen until you do them. I don't care how much God loves you. I don't care how many promises are out there. You're not going to receive a single one if you do not do what God wants you to do. How many times do we see in the Bible, if you, if you, if you, if you, well, well God, where are you? I'm right here. It's like the husband and wife in the car. They sat together and he was driving. And over time, she got closer and closer to the door, the passenger door. And she said, you know, we're not as close as we used to be. He said, well, I haven't moved. God hasn't moved, folks. He is so close. He says, seek my face. He wants you to see what's in his eyes. He loves you that much. You are, if I could go to each one of you and tell you just how wonderful you are. The devil has convinced a lot of you that you're not worth much. That you're a failure. That you cannot get back up. You've done things. Have you heard this one? Oh, you can't get forgiven for that. Yeah. That's a devil. A liar. I love what my sister in Texas says. She said, when I go to pray and praise, she said, I said, she says, maggot, that's what she calls it. Maggot, get over here. You're going to watch me praising. And then she'll say, now you can go. Just like the war room. And another thing. If you've seen the movie, you haven't. It's a great movie. Well, we're going to stop right there. That's number 11. We'll go to 12 next on truth or consequences. Folks, we're going, to su we're going to either benefit truth or suffer the consequences. 
one or the other, I encourage you, if you've never done any of this stuff, to start today. Read one verse. Say one prayer. Say one thing you're thankful for. Say one thing you're praising for. Read a little something in the Bible. Start with the four Gospels and maybe Psalms and Proverbs and then work your way into the Acts. Just read a little bit. Pray a little bit. Get started. Prime the pump so God can start getting you ready. What he does with you today guarantees your success tomorrow because today is preparation for tomorrow. If you'll stay close with him, he will never leave you. If you make your bed in hell, he said, I will never leave you. Jesus, I want to thank you. It is such a privilege to have these people with us this morning. Such a privilege. And I want to thank you, Lord, that you would give me this wonderful assignment and I trust you every week, Lord, to give me the right words, no matter what I've studied or looked into, that you would give me your words because someone needs help today. It's not about me, but it's for me. It's not about you, but oh, it's for you. If you make it about him, he will bless your socks off. He'll pour the blessings on you. But oh, he wants you just to trust him and rest until it comes. And he'll do it for you. Father, I speak blessings over those here this morning. Live, delayed, listening on delay in this classroom. <clears throat> in the name of Jesus, I want y'all to receive it. We are to bless our enemies, so I can certainly bless you. Receive it right now. In the name of Jesus, whatever you need, whatever you desire that's of God, I speak that over you right now. In the name of Jesus, that you receive all that he has for you. It's more than you want. What God has for you is more than you want. Everywhere in the Bible where it talks about giving and Malachi 3.10 and Luke 6.38, both of them tells us he's going to give you much more than you ever gave him. You can trust him, folks. You can trust him with your life. You can trust him with your children that have gone astray. You can trust him with your finances. If you'll just look to him and just go before him and, and humble yourself before him and seek his face and just talk to him, he wants to hear from you. Jesus, I praise you. You're so worthy. Thank you, Lord. Amen. If you don't mind, please hit like and share on your phones if you have social media because if this helped anybody, there's someone else waiting for you to share it. Please do so. I appreciate it very much. And stick around for the service. We're a little off track today with the snow, but coming up shortly, we'll have a wonderful guest and, and he's going to preach to us and can't wait. And... Uh, so stick around for that, and thank you for being with us.